0: The following is a presentation of the Force Center podcast feed. From the center of the galaxy, this is a Force Center podcast feed. I'm Ken Mabzog.
1: And I'm Joseph Scrimshaw. This is one of our News and Cues episodes. The Cues stands for questions and the news stands for news. It all makes sense. Can we have like great balance today because I think we have four great news stories and as always four great questions.
0: Everything is in perfect balance. The light side and the dark? No, no. Okay. no. True balance has been achieved today. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes.
1: The balance between the news and the cues—the cosmic balance—is restored.
0: That's what George was getting at there. Uh, before we get to that balance, uh, we are going to let you all know and remind you that today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and a thirty-day free trial at audibletrialcom center. Over one hundred eighty thousand titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. As always, a little bit later, we we'll have our Force Center recommends an audiobook we think you should try out on us. But that is not all, Joseph.
1: No, there is another offer. Inside Editions, publisher of a ton of great Star Wars books and other pop culture books, too. They are offering 35% off across their website with a special Force Center code. To get your discount, you can enter the coupon code FC35 or visit the website with this link insideeditions.com/discount/fc35 This week we are continuing to recommend the Inside Editions book Secrets of the Jedi. It is one of our favorites. It's got a great little uh, piece of paper that you can pull out and teach yourself or a besh to guess quotes, famous quotes from Jedi. Uh, and also, this is a great setup for the book that's coming out soon, Secrets of the Sith. So learn the Jedi secrets and the Sith secrets and compare and see if there's anything that they're sharing. You yes. can check it out with the code FC35.
0: Do it, do it, do it. Uh, we love uh, The Secrets of the Jedi. I have that book um, out in the living room. I've recently rearranged some stuff, and right now in my hand, because it's now four inches from me anytime I record, is the lightsaber collection book from Inside Edition. So whenever I need, I can just flip through that. Yeah, yeah, just it's time to look at some hilts. Look at the milt. Use that code FC35. Star Wars and Life Adventures is where we go to next. Catching up. Uh, Joseph, how was uh, your life adventures? And did Star Wars find its way into your life again? You know, Star Wars did find its way into my life uh, a lot, which is
1: great. It it really is. It's been a good uh, Star Wars week. Uh, Lots of fun stuff uh, for uh, the podcast. Been reading uh, Rising Storm. Um, obviously, uh, watching bad batch and enjoying the hell out of that and thinking about it and all of its ramifications. Uh, but then, uh, went to a bookstore, uh, with, uh, my wonderful wife, Sarah and had a ton of fun just looking at, uh, we were just at a Barnes and Noble mm. and, uh, it is the Barnes and Noble at the Grove, which is the sort wow. of outdoor shopping mall in, uh, Los Angeles. Uh, and I like that Barnes and Noble, I don't think I've been to that one in a long time, but it's got, uh, you know, this third floor where the Star Wars books are, there are other books too, but the Star Wars books are on the third floor and it's got this big opening in the third floor. So you can look down on the majesty of the other two floors of Barnes and Noble. Uh, but I just had this incredibly strong sense memory of a library that I used to go to when I was a kid. And I always wanted to go to that library, not only because they had like an AV set up where they were almost always playing Star Wars. Mm. uh, And I would just the first film, A New Hope, and I would stand there and and watch bits of it. But the reason I love that library is it also had a big cutout on the second floor where you could look down. And I remember always pretending that was the big hole in the ground on the uh, Death Star, you know, docking bay (laughs) (laughs) where the Falcon uh, gets pulled in. And I realized, like, I've just got this great affinity for just holes in buildings on upper floors because they make me think of Star Wars in this, like, visceral way. Like this little Good. kid, like, cool. Any hole is the hole in the docking bay of the Death Star. Uh, so that was really fun, too. I was looking at the Star Wars books. I saw some uh, Legends and EU ones. Uh, that I hadn't really uh, paid attention to before because uh, I just wasn't reading at the time. I was, like, really excited about reading them. Uh, I have picked up recently the Kenobi book, uh, just got the uh, the Mace Windu Shatterpoint in that great new um, 50th Lucasfilm anniversary. So I'm just kind of... Um, I'm overwhelmed with the amount of Star Wars that I truly want to read. Like, it would be great to cover every single book on Star Wars, but also... Or on Force Center, but, like, I also just, like, find myself thinking like i just i wish that i had a whole separate life that was just reading star wars books (laughs) timeline wise because i just want to read so much
0: yeah that uh yeah, that would that'd be a bit of a dream. Yeah. You know, we I mean, we're already living a dream. Let's be honest. Our Both of our weekends were similar. Uh, you know, Phantom Menace, Rising Storm, Bad Batch. We're all on our plates this weekend. It's a good yeah. good life. But yeah. No. Yeah,
1: good life. But yeah, like, uh, you know, it'd be great if I could astral project like they do in the MCU and, and read books in my astral form. Put it that way that uh, sounds that sounds downright multiverse like <laughs> indeed indeed mm-hmm. uh yeah and then the, the other kind of life adventure this was a big weekend for uh getting out there and getting back together with uh friends uh who are vaccinated and hanging out and i uh my wife and i ended up seeing three different sets of friends this weekend uh, and all of them had stories about uh, Galaxy's Edge So that was really fun <laughs> To talk Star Wars with all of my friends this weekend Not all of my friends, all of the friends I saw this weekend
0: Yeah, that's that's great That's great feeling to reconnect with friends in person I think, uh, I don't know, I think we all got the uh, The last year or so we've missed that But I, I think even now as it starts to happen You really understand how much uh, we just took that for granted, right? It's just, it feels different yeah, yeah,
1: no and it, it has been really really great to to get out and remember like uh how to talk to people um um not not in podcast form. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. Although I still probably did uh, I did have some moments where I started like oh, I'm interviewing this person like it's a podcast. <laughs> relax, relax. Uh but it, yeah, it was great to socialize and just great to talk to people about Star Wars and honestly just great to see that just the love of star wars because people were this was just kind of casual friends talking about their experiences at galaxy's edge in particular so it was like i saw Kylo do this i loved it when this i considered buying this and it wasn't you know any sort of uh, uh some of the intensity of like which one was good which one was bad it was just people engaging with the parts of it they love and
0: chatting about it in a casual way which was really fun you know what I love about that? It is something similar to what I saw this past week. A friend of mine, uh, who I've known from the pro wrestling world for a while, he was actually the first wrestler I managed back in two thousand one. Unbelievably, um, he is a big Star Wars fan, and but he's not a big sequel trilogy fan, and is, is at times rather vocal about it. And we've had some nice discussions about it. We don't hang out often, but the last time we did see each other during the lockdown, we, we talked about it. You know, we don't bash each over each each other over the head with it, but <laughs> we dis- disagree. Uh, uh, about it, but uh, he was at Galaxy's Edge this past week and was posting some pictures on Facebook that were just full of joy, just full of excitement. And he he had a, a youngster with him and uh, I believe his fiance as well. But uh, all all of them in the pictures, just celebrating it, just feeling it. Not not worried about you know Ray or Kylo walking around or whatever you know. And maybe there's a yeah. spot here and there, but that did not exist. It was just Star Wars love on his face, and I think that's one of the things I love most about that that silly little land in Orlando or Disney or, or Anaheim.
1: Yeah, yeah. It, it really does get past uh, any of the, the sometimes the upset or the concern or the cynicism and just brings you into Star Wars joy. That's great. That's, that's wonderful. It's wonderful. How about you? What were your adventures in life and Star Wars?
0: Well, as always, a lot of it are based around what we're doing here for the podcast. And on, on uh, Thursday, I think what we'll reveal right now, we're doing a Star Wars uh, Force Center scene by scene. And it is, you've got a great title for it. I've already made a thumbnail for it for the YouTube version. I'm so excited about it. And it uh, revolves around Boss Nass. Yes. And so we're watching that scene. Uh, This is uh, the Qui-Gon Obi-Wan Boss Nass meeting. And I was just giddy with excitement watching this scene. I can't wait to dive into it because that scene represents a big part of many different eras of my Star Wars fandom.
1: (laughs) From the dark to the light, huh?
0: That's exactly it. So, I was downright giddy just watching it. It was a lot of fun, and that 's one of those times where i 'm like, man, uh, hot damn, I just really enjoy what we uh, do here at force center that and that you and I and, and Jennifer have the opportunity to do it and, and to do it for so long. We are again approaching about two months out of from our uh, one thousandth total broadcast which wow we don 't celebrate numbers all the time here at force Center. Uh, we churn a lot out. we know that but it, <laughs> it's uh, it 's a milestone and we're're we 're we're, we're excited for it." Um, uh, so that's been good. But the other thing, I had a valuable, I had a valuable lesson. I, I, I'll try not to go into the nitty gritty details here, Joseph. But we have a—you've uh, been to our house, jo- uh, Joseph. Uh, Grace and I live in a uh, very old, built in 1920, the year 1920 house. So that means small bedrooms, but giant living rooms. So because of that, <laughs> Grace and I kind of both have living rooms. We have individual <laughs> living rooms, which is kind of weird. Uh, I was like, uh, not even compromised. She, she, she uh, liked the idea once I had pitched it, and. And I can play video games. She can watch her French murder mystery shows. We're all happy. We come together on her couch to watch ghost adventures and things like that. Uh, but I have a lot of my stuff on display, right? As, as one would imagine. And uh, recently it's uh, uh, there was a debate about uh, how much Star Wars things I should be displaying in this combined living room. Uh, you, you know, I don't get, I'm not going to little. I got a little upset. I got a little upset, Joseph. <laughs> a little angry. And um Reached a compromise, as uh, any good relationship is. Um, a lot of my stuff went and got a new. Went to IKEA, got a new little shelf. I, I don't have a big studio. What I'm recording in right now, it's is compact, and there's a lot of things in here, a lot of microphones, cameras, and and whatnot, uh, a lot of things on the wall. But I I I I I, I, I compromised, uh, but at times it felt like giving in, and it was a little a little a um, little bit of an issue, and 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 now here we are. This is a lesson in Luke Skywalker in Episode Eight. What I love. That they do with that, the peace and purpose The the moving on, the accepting Of the of, the, of, of, of transformation transformations And change in the next chapter of life Leia in nine And, and especially in the novelization uh, Though I think it's present in the film But in the novelization with even Luke in her, in her In her ears so to speak saying It's time to let go, time to move on And then Palpatine, why? one of the big reasons You and I love Palpatine coming back And the way they used him The, 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 the why of it is The indication of not letting go Right. Sith anger and that. So here I am in my studio right now, the new bookshelf, a lot of my little mini pops or figures or DVDs, Blu-rays and whatnot from Game of Thrones and Star Wars on display in front of me. And I've I've accepted the change and not just accepted it, not gave into it. I've embraced it right now, Joseph, because you know what this means? I now have the ability to, dis- to display more things than I did before. <laughs> I went and got a little mini shelf, like a little spice rack type thing. I got some additional uh, stick on shelves. I'm going to be able to maybe even take some things out of the box. And I, rem- I was like, this is a Star Wars lesson. You could hold on to what you knew, what you had, hold on to that with a with a, a tightly gripped, uh, sweaty fist that's just that Tarkin grip holding on to systems, Palpatine holding on to his life palp- and his power. And you can let that just kind of trap you and, and stay where you are. Or you can embrace change, embrace next chapter, appro- approach it with calm uh, and a sense of peace and purpose, and you might end up, just might end up better on the other side. So that is a Star Wars lesson wrapped up in Star Wars memorabilia. <laughs>
1: well, that is great. That is a real, uh, also your focus determines your reality, right? Yeah. Uh, because you even kind of went through it of like, you know, a, a you, you're living in a shared space yeah. and your partner's like, maybe I wanted a little bit more like this. And you could see that as... Uh, a conflict right yeah or you could see that as an opportunity and you saw it ended up seeing it as an opportunity of like oh yeah but if i move these to this other room i can really make a thing of it and i can arrange them and celebrate them and that's a that's a great your focus determines your reality this uh, doesn't have to
0: be a conflict it can be a compromise and it can have benefits yeah, and some look. Sometimes you look down at your green lightsaber and your nephew underneath you, and you you make a momentary mistake, <laughs> and you feel like a failure. I, and look, at it, but we talked before. Like displaying Star Wars things isn't a simple thing for me, and and for you as well, and a lot of people listening. It it means a lot, whether it's toys, Funko Pops, books. Uh, things on the wall. It doesn't matter. These represent us and, and and Star Wars represents us and our life journeys in such a way. It's pretty powerful stuff. I talked about how I got in trouble at my old job for having uh, things displayed. And um, I was uh, beaten up and bullied and choked on a playground for being a, a, a quote unquote nerd or a geek and wearing Star Wars stuff, all those journeys. And I can hold on to that. And it's powerful things. And I shared those and it was understood. But I could hold on to that or I can. Yeah, like you said, Focus determines reality. I can hold on to the conflict or I can step forward into the light. And now I've got so many little of those Funko Pop minis staring at me right now. (laughs) Well, that is great. That is great. And
1: I'm inspired to try to organize my action figures uh, because uh, you've been in my apartment. Uh, It's not large. And Star Wars figures are just like, it's not even like I'm buying them. It's just like they're growing that like <laughs> <laughs> did you two action figures make a third action figure while i wasn't looking uh and it's just they bring me great joy all the things things that we we talk about they are individual characters are a symbol but when i bought them as a symbol the journey i've gone through of of uh owning uh, my fandom like you're talking about of like there's times when you know that the rest of the world was trying to get you to deny a part of who you are. Mm-hmm. You should be ashamed of this and you should hide it. So them just being out can be a little bit of a, no, uh, I I'm going to reject all that negativity and I'm going to embrace who I am and what brings me joy. Um, all those things are, are all tied up in them. Uh, but then there is just also the practicality of, there's a lot of them. Uh, what, <laughs> one of my friends that we were hanging out with last night, uh, had last been over to record a podcast, you know, uh, kind of close to when the, the pandemic, uh, mm-hmm. was, was about to get going. Uh, but you know, a year and a half, two years, I can't remember exactly what it was. And she was like, there's so many action figures in your, in your apartment. So many, you don't have more, do you? <laughs> and I was like, I do indeed. <laughs> and it was, a, it wasn't a moment of, of, uh, judgment. It was a, it was a moment of, uh, having, having fun. Uh, and uh, <laughs> laughing in a in a good way about no, there there are more there yeah. there's are
0: so many more. <laughs> no figure is ever really gone. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and, and at the end of the day, you know, I have a because I have bookshelves and lo- the the, the pr- primary focus is the books. Uh, but I put on those shelves, you know, I got like a Kylo Ren sitting on the DVDs, you know, I got like that kind of it's and and after a while, I was like. What am I holding on to? All those things about what they mean to me are very powerful, without a doubt. But one of the things I was holding on to to be displayed in our living room was a little Ewok uh, Wicket Hot Wheels car. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, is this really what I'm going to go down uh, in a fight over? (laughs) Is this really who I am? (laughs) Let's move Wicket, the car Wicket version. into my office yes yes that that is a compromise and uh
1: and i would be willing to make those compromises if some of them yeah. were, were asked of me of like it's great that five surfaces are covered with the star wars action figures but could we not do a sixth that's a compromise that i'm uh planning on on needing to make
0: with my there go. i will recommend this bookshelf to you i'll send pictures it's small, okay two and a half feet wide Great. Got drawers. Uh, there you go. Uh, big lessons and a lot of fun and a lot of friends in our Star Wars adventures. Let's dive into the news, Joseph. And uh, first thing we're going to mention up top is something that came out today, uh, the day of our recording. We record on Monday's release on Tuesday. Great interview in the AV Club with Leslie Headland. Uh, nothing in terms of news, that, you know, no, not a lot of sneak peeks of Acolyte or any kind of clues you can pick up on. In fact, it's a lot of things we've heard her say or mentioned before in other interviews, uh, but really good interview. It, it kind of got a lot of people excited, particularly in our Force Center Discord that you can access through the Patreon page. A lot of people really excited. Just about the way she talks about Star Wars, uh, takes in Star Wars, and then ultimately creates Star Wars, or, uh, you know, what we're going to see with Acolyte, it just got a lot of people excited, and we love the excitement around the Acolyte, Joseph, yeah?
1: absolutely yeah i think she restated a a lot of like really great things really great um perspective i think things that uh we're probably excited about because they they are ways that we talk about uh embracing star wars uh here on the podcast of really really appreciating that uh, star wars means something different to lots of different people because they come to it at different times and that um creators really need to sort of uh respect that but also uh, bring their personal into their creation of Star Wars and say why does Star Wars resonate with me? A lot of great stuff about breaking down um, what what exactly Luke has created, and then in all these Disney Plus shows, uh, how different people are are picking the parts of what what Luke has created that resonate with them and building them out. Lots of great thoughts mm-hmm. uh, on all that stuff. But I think the thing in that interview that uh, really resonated uh, is her saying all these different ways. In times that she enjoyed Star Wars, Mm -hmm. but that one of the most powerful is playing Star Wars uh, role playing games, RPGs, because you truly got to make your own Star Wars. You got to disappear into the world of Star Wars. Uh, And I think that's so, so important. You know, uh, these are are stories that creators tell. And I think we're really big on try to hear the story that the creators is telling you and engage with that. But I also just think that one of the huge powers of Star Wars goes to what you were saying about like your wrestling friend at Galaxy's Edge. A huge part of what makes Star Wars special is it's this invitation into another world. And we do enjoy the stories, but a lot of what makes Star Wars powerful is the community and the imagination that it inspires. And Leslie Hedlund keeps talking about that, about what's powerful about Star Wars is uh, the, the community and the imagination of kind of living in this world that these the stories are incredibly valuable by themselves but the stories can also just be doors into a world of imagination and I love hearing her talk about that so eloquently.
0: Yeah, I right there with you on that a great point. There's so many things why I keep getting excited when when I hear her talk about Star Wars. It is, she's definitely not saying there is one way to watch it, one way to be influenced by it, one way to experience it. Uh, She, like you said, acknowledges, uh, like we talk about here and everyone uh, out there in the fandom realizes there's different ways to take it in. But I just love everything that she's talking about. I always talk about that shared, unique experience or that shared, unique journey we all have where we feel like we're the only ones, but we're, we're not alone. The way she just on a on a you know wh- the way Star Wars has affected her different points in her life, the way she's pulled uh, stuff out of it, her journey with maybe even the prequels to. From then to now, it's all that kind of stuff similar. And then and a shout out to our, our listener, uh, Cara Baster in Discord, who tagged uh, me this morning is uh, just talking about George Lucas seeing film as tone poems and tone poems is one of our favorite Star Wars. <laughs> descriptors. Um, so I just uh, I just uh, I love all the notes she plays uh, when talking about Star Wars. So we're really excited for the accolades. That's so great uh, to hear that that tone poem
1: uh, uh, quote was pulled out because I just really it's, there's a lot of that in Star Wars, but I've really been feeling it in Bad Batch that just like a lot of the meaning and a lot of the idea is just there visually. It just it is
0: a visual
1: tone poem and uh, it's great to celebrate.
0: Great, indeed. So we just wanted to mention that because it got people talking this week. Uh, From there, though, we'll go into some Star Wars headlines. Three Star Wars stars will be immortalized in concrete. That's right. Uh, We have our uh, 2022 inductees for the Hollywood Walk of Fame. Time has no meaning right now. I actually was talking to someone (laughs) last week as if we... We're currently in 2022. <laughs> I looked, it was at our office at the GPA and I looked at some cheese. I go, oh, this is expired. And Akaika, our, our technical guy goes, what do you mean? I go, it's, well, it's, it's September, 2021. And he stares at me for a while. And I go, yeah, and he goes, it's it's June 2021. I was like, God, I thought it was 2022. I think it's no- uh, 2020 and a half yeah. right now. <laughs> time has no meaning. This is for next year. 39 total names. Some bands were uh, inducted this uh, this year or next year, including Francis Ford, Coppola, so here's this discussion. The Walk of Fame is both special and cheesy, Joseph. Uh, the cost of right now, r- roughly around $50,000 to get a star. You have to kind of get a, a group behind it. They'll nominate you. They'll pay for it. Uh, sometimes corporations, Disney or whatnot, will cover the cost. Um, so that can sometimes, when I, when I, I, remember when I found that out, it took away some of the luster. When I moved to L.A. and I'm walking around, and it's like, well, you know, it costs about $10,000. It's like, what? You could buy one? It's not that simple, but it's kind of there. <laughs> but this does have meaning to it. And and you don't live too far from uh, the start of it, Joseph. Like you, you could probably walk to a store and walk across the Walk of Fame. Um, so what does this mean? And what is the, these names, particularly Carrie Fisher? Because, oh, I forgot to uh, announce uh, Ewan McGregor, mm-hmm. Ming Nguyen, and Carrie Fisher are part of the inductees. So what does this all mean to you? Yeah, it means a lot. Uh, it,
1: it is definitely um, a part of it is what it means just culturally in, in lots of different ways, uh, but also the the fact that for me it is walking distance. You know, mm-hmm. and uh, I grew up in the the Midwest and didn't really visit Los Angeles until I considered moving here and now like uh yeah it's it's five ten minutes to walk to the walk of fame and a lot of times just like uh, i want to go to a a movie or i'm going to pick something up at this particular store or i got to get this done it's like it's my neighborhood um and that's a little part of i think what is uh, so unique and weird about the walk of fame is that it does kind of successfully capture the weirdness that is hollywood and Mm -hmm. entertainment it is both deeply meaningful it is absolutely the celebration of, of dreams and accomplishments and, and what these various uh, uh stars have created and how they've then bonded themselves to people and, and what it means when you see a star of somebody you love uh, but it's also it's a sidewalk yeah. <laughs> in a neighborhood and a neighborhood that has had its ups and downs over the years and sometimes uh, like i remember i saw uh, booze specifically spilled on the star of dean martin who is a star a singer that i love who had a long-term shtick of uh being drunk on stage jokingly drunk sometimes really drunk and it was just like this is perfect because that's kind yeah. of honoring him but it's kind of the walk of fame you know it's kind of like a, it, it's dream meets reality is uh the walk of fame and, and that's a real yeah. accurate thing to hollywood um and it's why it's there. Right. It didn't. Yeah. It, the, the stars don't organically grow. And when, when truth allows them to be there, it, it, it was started as a way to draw people back to this uh, neighborhood and, yeah. you know, you know help it out. Um, so, yeah, lo, lo, I have a lot of feelings about what the actual walk of fame is. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, the, other, the other thing I wanted to say real quick, and then we'll get into the Star Wars of it, is uh, another thing that is extremely impactful to me about it is even though. It is, it's it's a, a sidewalk, and sometimes you can see, like, wow, it's amazing that, that this artist accomplished that. And also a dog pooped on them. That's a yeah. bummer. You yeah. know, it's that real contrast between the heights of success and the reality of life. But yeah. one of the things that does give it its power to me is it started in the 50s, and in the 50s it looked back. So yeah. it's carrying a lot of names that time can forget. Mm-hmm. And Hollywood can really be a place of, Oh, did you have a, a hit movie two years ago? That was two years ago. You're nothing. We only care about what's now. Now, now, now can matter in the business of Hollywood. Yeah. So for me, being a fan of many older um, performers and, and styles of performance, uh, you know, to see names that are relatively obscure now, you know, to to walk past Louis Prima's star and go, Ah, I like that performer, and that's where the name Louis Primont comes from. Yeah there's a power to it is celebrating the history of entertainment. It values history. Mm. And it's really cool for me to know these stars that, that I like now in star Wars are going to be a part of, of history.
0: All, oh, all oh, well said, especially the meaning of, yeah, it can be, could be a little weird. I remember the first time really walking on it, and uh, not until I moved here. I, even though I'd been, uh, I was born in the city of Orange, which is about an hour south in uh, Anaheim, Orange County area. That that, but I was I was raised two and a half hours north of Los Angeles. Even though we've, we we went to my uncle's house in Eagle Rock, we didn't go to Walk of Fame. we didn't do that. <laughs> and so when I finally here in my my early days of LA 98, 99, I remember hitting hitting down to uh, Vine and Hollywood, everything, and you you, you get you're know, like wow, look at this, I'm seeing this, and then yeah, the reality starts to set in, but. Even now, when, especially if you go to El Capitan, which is right there, um, right there the heart uh, Hollywood Highland, I, I, I love looking at the names. The names I don't know. And you're so right. It is, it is forever preserved. And how you got there, whether a group of fans paid for it or a studio paid to help promote their TV show, you can get wrapped up in that cynicism. Uh, we, we can do that in Star Wars. Or you can go to Galaxy's Edge and just smile. And I enjoy it. I enjoy walking down and seeing some of the names, especially like the old radio names and all those kind of things. It's yeah, great. Broadway stars. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah it's everything, right? It, it's not just Warren Beatty. Uh, it, it's, it's a lot. Um, now that I think about it, who knows? Warren Beatty might not even be there. I don't know. Um, <laughs> I mean, Francis Ford Coppola. Yeah, so and it, and it's uh, it's weird. And, and so I love with this one too, with, with Ming-Na Wen and, and you and McGregor specifically, they are modern stars who've been at it long enough. And I always say it's like you can still look at Ewan McGregor and be like, oh, that, that new actor that came out in spotting. That was 25 <laughs> years ago. So you're right. Hollywood is a way of marching on. And I think both of them, look, Ewan's a, a bona fide star. Uh, Mignogne has got a great career. But I think they're both getting a little bit of that Star Wars bump right now oh
1: yes yes uh yeah, yeah. i mean when, you, when you're talking about you know there's money behind it i mean part of it is like yeah they there actually is money required it's uh, yep. doing something to a sidewalk uh, but it's also just like you can't be like hi i'm bob i made an indie film once and uh didn't actually show it anywhere i have one imdb credit here's my money you're not getting a star you know you still have to have accomplished uh, things yep. you know
0: yeah 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 exactly and and uh so I love I love that uh, they get that now and then. As far as Carrie Fisher, uh, is, is it is it uh, you know is it late in the game? Yeah, no, it's right at the right time. Though I do, and I'm sure you agree, Joseph. I do. I'm a little saddened by the fact that Carrie Fisher won't be there to, if they do a if they were to do a ceremony, give a speech about her name being on a sidewalk. Um, yeah, it would be funny. I, I, it is
1: so, so great to honor Carrie Fisher. And it, it is so sad that it is posthumous because it would be great to hear the jokes uh, from her mouth that only she could come up with. Yeah. But if anyone in the world ever uh, deserved a, a star here, mm-hmm. it's Carrie Fisher, right? Because she is Hollywood royalty. She did, uh, you know, accomplish so many things. And exactly as you're saying, she would have such a sense of humor about this because the walk of fame really does reflect the Hollywood that she lived in. That is its dream meets reality. It's, this is impressive. This is, is special, uh, but it's also weird and human and let's not take it too <laughs> seriously. Right? Like she, she would be thrilled, right? If, uh, if, yeah. uh, Gary, her dog had <laughs> left a little <laughs> gift somewhere near her star and she'd be like, that's it. That's Hollywood. Uh, Gary captured it. Not to put jokes in her mouth. Who knows what she would say? This is just my fun imagining of, yeah. the way she would filter, uh, the, both the dream and the reality of getting a star.
0: Yeah. And I am, uh, I am definitely, uh, curious. I'm, I'm, I'm on walkofame.com where you can go to, and you can find a star. And I'm, I went to the Debbie Reynolds one, and it's at 721 Hollywood Boulevard. I, I would love, it would, it would love if, uh, Carrie gets, uh, near that or close. I don't know. Sometimes it's a, it's a luck of the draw, I guess, but,
1: I uh, there's a lot going on with the, the placement. Um, yeah. so like one of Frank Sinatra's Frank Sinatra's uh, recording stars, I believe right outside where his agency used to be. And now it's a deli or something. So it doesn't look like it <laughs> It <laughs> resonates, but like uh, Mark Hamill stars right outside of uh, El Capitan, the theater right. that Disney owns. And what do you know? It came out uh, exactly when the last Jedi was coming out for uh, home video and streaming. So, um, yeah carrie fisher is i think in one way the most important to me but in terms of just kind of getting down to the details of covering star wars news uh, this is great this is disney saying we're going to make a splash out of the kenobi show and you can Mm -hmm. bet ewan mcgregor's ceremony is going to be smack dab (laughs) in relationship to that kenobi show and ming Na win this is this is absolutely deserved right but she has this huge disney career of mulan and Agent May on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., uh, now Fennec Shand. like, And who knows if that one will be uh, near uh, any, any moment for Book of Boba Fett. But it is a real show of investment mm-hmm. uh, in these shows and these stars from
0: Disney. That's a great way to look at it, too. Also, I just discovered, well, I didn't know, Debbie Reynolds, born in El Paso, Texas, raised in Burbank, went to a high school around the corner from me. I didn't know this beautiful, <laughs> beautiful Burbank, California. History. Oh. It's history. History in the sidewalk. Oh, that's uh that's so. we'll let you know. And look, if there's a, a ceremony for uh, all the, all three of these names and, and, and you don't, you have like two years to get a ceremony in. Uh, but I think you're right. I think there's going to be some timing with some of these stars. If they do happen, we don't, I don't know. We, I, I've never been to a ceremony. It's a bit crowded. It's a bit chaotic, but who knows? A Carrie Fisher one. I wouldn't mind going out there and uh, shedding a tear, watching her name put into a uh, concrete on a sidewalk. Oh, that yes, absolutely. Next headline, uh, this one uh, is, uh, I think it was just for me. I'm the only one that likes these books, Joseph. No, I'm kidding. Star Wars Battles That Changed the Galaxy is on the way. Yes, that's right. This is a book where they're like, what will Ken get super excited for? Make that happen. Uh, this is a book covering uh, the Battle of Naboo all the way to the Battle of Exegol. And, of course, many, many battles in between. Star Wars battles that change the galaxy will drive. Uh, will dive deep into the wars in these stars. This includes uh, books and comics as well as animated shows, not just the movies. So we'll start there. I am joking. Of course, I know a lot of you out there love uh, these wars. They have importance because, well, this is Star Wars and each war moves errors and the plots and the movies and the books and the shows forward and they uh deserve a deep dive joseph um since i know you know this is an easy sell for me what are you looking forward to in a book like this yeah, no, I'm I'm excited about this one.
1: Have people made you feel like this is a weird part of Star Wars to get excited about? No, no, I just
0: think I don't shut up about it. Ah, got it. Got <laughs> it. <laughs> I uh, I just think uh, you know, the whole war war over lore type of thing which doesn't even necessarily never really was, you know, what it was, but um yes, I just I think uh I think I just uh yeah, I'm 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 the type that's like 3 hours on the Battle of Jakku, give me Give me. Well, that. I got it.
1: You're you're feeling like you're you're broken, being a broken record about uh, your love of the battles. Yes, yes, uh, yes. I don't. Th- I, a. I do not think you're being a broken record. And I'm so thrilled uh, that this book is coming out. I know how much you're going to you're going to love it. Uh, I'm definitely excited about this and I would I would be excited to cover this one. We can we can do a, a podcast per page if you want on this one. Uh, yeah, those sample pages. I think if I just heard the concept, I'd be like, cool but I have a lot of questions about the execution. Mm-hmm. Those sample pages uh, answer a lot of questions and make me yeah. really excited. I yeah. think what's thrilling to me about this book, to uh, answer your question, is it's such a great mix of the uh, the romance and the realism of Star Wars. Because mm-hmm. that's you know one of those uh, dualities that I think there's tension between. It's the... The myth of uh, Anakin Skywalker, who passes his blade down to his son, who's named Luke Skywalker, because that's mythic that they have the same names. But then you bring the realism and people be like, well, why didn't they change his name? And, you know, there's always that tension between romance and realism, though. These big wars in the stars, these Mm. epic uh, conflicts between good and evil or, you know, uh, light and dark, confused and (laughs) not confused. Who knows uh, all these big epic battles. This a book like this looks like it's capturing the romance of that. But then it's also going to get into crunchy details, like well, who was commander? What was the most vital, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, vehicle or ship in this battle? What date did it happen on? In um, the it looks like the the dates are BFE and AFE, which I assume is before and after uh, formation of Empire. Uh, that also means it's you know the date of Anakin's fall, the age of the Skywalker twins. I'm really excited by that crunchy detail of looking yeah. at the timeline with that date structure so tons of fun things in this
0: yeah uh jason fry amy Ratcliffe, cole horton and chris Kempshaw are the writers it's coming october 5th but yeah the sample page was great because there's another there's actually it's an inside editions book i think so what's the name daniel wallace wrote uh, there's a battlegrounds kind of one and, and it's simple similar format but it's um maybe not as detailed uh and this is obviously updated to include more of the battles but I, I, too, was like, all right, cool, cool. What, what, but what do you got for me? And then that, that's there's a sample page. You guys can click the story out there on StarWars.com. And it's got that map of Scarif. And I went, oh, no. Oh, <laughs> this is going to be an entire day. This, I'm going to sit down <laughs> with that map alone. And be and just a lot of, you, you all can't see me, but just a lot of, mm-hmm, okay, that happened there. Oh, and that happened there. Oh, I never knew they were that close. Oh, okay. Okay. It's going to be a great day around the house. Yeah, it's like exactly what path did which garrison take to get to yes. which insurgent group? Yeah. I mean, one of my favorite shots for so many reasons, but just the uh, you know, with with credit and just everything exploding out in the background behind them, and deploy the garrison. But I just love like I literally in screen going, okay, so that oh Melshi's there, oh okay, okay, now to have it in a map in a book, <laughs> literally covering it. I mean, there, there you go. I'm just super excited, super right. excited. Right. And I think that's
1: because it, this it, this book really does let the those of us who love those specific kinds of details to get into those crunchy yeah. details. And these are some great authors for it. Uh, I also like from the sample pages that, you know, there's a couple of different ways you could go with this book oh, with a book like this. You could commission all new artwork. So all of the artwork was the same. Mm-hmm. But I really like that they're using art from the story source. So if it's from a movie, it's clips from a movie. If it's from Clone Wars, it's all Clone Wars art. If it's comic books, it's from comic book art. So it also seems to me like this book is super cool if you're already all in on this great connected canon of Star Wars. But if if you've just been watching the movies, you get this book, and you're like, okay, this battle sounds really cool. I guess I got to watch that Clone Wars. I guess I got to check out that comic book. It seems like a great way to invite people in as well.
0: Mm, Yeah, that's important as well. So, uh, l- l- talking a little bit about battles, but I'm going too deep. Do you, do you have a favorite battle, uh, or, or three, but do you have one that you're really excited to dive into and maybe an underrated one that you really are excited that they're kind of going to cover?
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm really excited to see how they cover the second battle of Geonosis. Um, mm-hmm. Because I really like that arc in the Clone Wars. I like kind of the meaning of uh, this was the first big battle and now oh, we got to go back. It's a brutal battle. It's not going well. And then I'm, I'm just curious if the brain worms
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: make an appearance. Uh, so the second battle of Geonosis, I'm really intrigued on how it gets covered. In terms of a, a favorite battle, I'm really curious to see how they handle uh, the Battle of Hoth. Mm. Um, I uh, love it. I've played it in a video game a thousand times, uh, but I've also seen like fun articles of different like uh, people who actually study war tactics, trying to break down like, does the Battle of Hoth work? Mm. Who's trying to do what and why? And is it, <laughs> you know, and uh, some of the fun exercises of these books is like making the the fun romance and fantasy we see on screen make sort of crunchy sense. So I'm, I'm curious to see if they dive into the Battle of Hoth and, you know, try to explain it.
0: That's it. Yeah, that's a great. No, that's it's definitely that romance realism thing is a great. It's a great thing for this kind of book. Yeah, you can get lost in it. You can get lost in that kind of stuff. Uh, I'm excited to see the man. So yeah, I mean, if I, I've always like dropped those walkers close. Like, come on, you know, come <laughs> on, dude. Um, might not have been fierce.
1: Yeah. How about you? Are you interested in a specific battle? Like, uh, Endor and Jakku could be like chapters long, right? With uh, all yeah. the different stories you're tracking,
0: right? I've, I've said before, I want an, an absolute entire book or a documentary on the Battle of Jakku. The problem is they keep adding to it. I mean, the Alphabet Squadron stuff showed up and it was, and it was uh, some of my favorite additions to the Battle of Jakku. But there's so many things going on there in that battle because it is so big and it's so important. And there's so di- different things. The Gallius Rex, Ray Sloan stuff, uh, uh, Nora Wexley, all that kind of stuff in the Aftermath series. Uh, Iden Versio and her father. There's just so many big... Uh, lost Stars, the first real big thing after Force Awakens that we got from this. There's so much there. Um, this book's gonna really scratch that itch for me, but it's an itch I want to keep scratching. That's a it's a weird itch. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's so. Battle Jakku will be my one. I I think. Um, I think we have. Um, you know, I I think. Uh, I I I think. Uh, what am I trying to say? about Jakku? It's uh, I want to. This is a good opportunity to just uh, get some of those more sequel era battles into the everyone's mindset. If that makes mm-hmm. sense. Uh, and just answering some questions and just laying them down on a story map and saying, here, here's where they all connect. And here's where they all matter. i very curious about the Battle of Mexico. In terms of an underrated battle we want to know more about, um, I it's a, the, I don't want to step in your answer. The second battle of Geonosis is really interesting to me because it is kind of a, oh, uh, we got to go back to the island. And it's forgotten a lot. And it's forgotten about some of its importance. So that one is well I I'll, I'll take a look at that one. And, and the, what's the one, you know, what more than me, even now the one from the comics where Dodona dies.
1: Yeah. The Virgos Voss yes. uh, battle. Yeah. It's really be, it's really being elevated in Canon because it's super important. And I think it's one of those moments where it really connects, um, the comics being like yeah no sometimes uh sometimes details get changed when they're translated to when moments are translated to screen but like important things happen in these comics and I, I really love it because it's it's it answers in this devastating way like there's a lot of characters that are around in Rogue One and New Hope that are not around and wow it's a yeah. very dramatic story of why
0: yeah 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 so i'd love to uh yeah I know it's, i'm getting lost i'm 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 Flummoxed out of joy because I want maps. I want pictures. It's going to be fun. But as far as that comic one, yeah, just to, again, that that laid on a story map works for me. Even someone like me who can overlook certain battles. Yeah, okay, Dodana happened there. Yeah, I'll file that away. He died there. Well, I'll file that one away. But it's like to actually see the impact, feel the impact. It's exciting to me. Excited. yeah yeah i think this is going to be a good one we don't cover
1: all these reference books but this one looks really fun great authors involved i'm excited <laughs> to, to dive
0: into this one yeah absolutely uh we'll be yeah we'll be. Co- uh, i'll be covering this one uh in my backyard by myself <laughs> the fire pit, even if we're not doing an horse it ever it. uh speaking of books uh queen's hope uh, gets a final cover and a first excerpt uh this is of course the I, I want to say the fi- I don't want to even say the final book in E.K. Johnson's Padme trilogy because I hope it's a series. I think there's other ways. To, you know, I, I think this is probably it, but uh, I can I, I can see other places go. We'll have the discussion in a second. But the final cover is a, is a great revenge of the Sith era. Padme um, photo uh, it turns into a nice, beautiful painting there. Uh, I love it because it's it's Padme looking to the stars with hope, but hiding pain behind her eyes. What do you think about that cover, Joseph?
1: Oh, that cover is great! It, it is definitely like a look that we've seen on Padme before. So it does like center when the book's taking place. But that uh, she's got that cloak right in the the or the hood from from a cloak, and it just it totally looks like Padme. It totally looks like Naboo fashion. But that cloak evokes sort of mourning, yeah, secrecy, connection to Leia. It's just such a really strong image to just visually tell you a lot of the issues that Padme is going to be Mm -hmm. wrestling
0: with yes and uh here's what she'll be wrestling with in a general sense the plot will revolve around Padme going on a secret mission to the front lines of the Clone Wars to see what the war looks like up close causing Sabe to take on the role of Senator Amidala and uh they add on maybe making some decisions she might not be prepared to make as a handmaiden so what do we think of this pitch this is very general this is a log line seeing that photo knowing the era we're in uh, where do we hope this story goes Joseph yeah, I mean, I, I think the, uh, I, I read that excerpt
1: um, that uh, well, came out as well, and it, and it made me even more excited. I think what's uh, really exciting to me is catching up with Padme in this specific time, right? Because yeah. uh, the books are kind of matched to the films up to a point, right? We get her kind of attack the clones because it's years before, but it's her becoming a senator in that new role. And then it's really seeing what she went through in Phantom Menace. So we really know Padme's relationship to Naboo, to the handmaidens, to being a leader, to balancing being a leader with what her personal needs are. And now to have this version of Padme that lives so fully fleshed out in these books, dealing with all of the issues of the Clone Wars and her relationship with Anakin is really, really exciting to see, you know, what all she's thinking and feeling.
0: Yeah. And the thing about the excerpt that uh, I really pulled from, there's a lot about Padme being alone, feeling alone, a mission kind of on her own. Uh, the, a lot of it revolves around, yeah, usually it's, I have my handmaidens around who are not just there to protect me, but they become friends, confidence. And um, you know, the droids, are too. everything, it, it, you get a sense of a little foreboding that Padme is in an era where she's on her own at times and that is yeah
1: scary. and the fact that the the excerpt is about her preparing a, a, a fabric that's been handed down through uh, the years to turn into uh, some new you know the excerpt says it's not enough for a dress but i'm going to make something it really makes it about tradition mm-hmm. change relationships it's a, the excerpt is such a great start um mm. And I think between that plot summary and the excerpt, Mm. it really showcases all the really great things to just get more information about of her major relationships, right? The, the marriage with Anakin, what all is going through her head, the changing relationship with the handmaidens. And then I think from the, the plot summary, one of the really big things is what is Padme's relationship with the state of the Republic in the true Mm -hmm. cost of the war? Like, In the Clone Wars animated series, we see her holding on to hope and trying again and again uh, to have uh, compromise and debate and discussion uh, with the the separatists, right? And we see her trying to pass bills that will really help people through the war and to hopefully end the war as soon as possible. So we kind of know externally how she feels, but I think being able in a book like this to get inside her head... I kind of think this book in some ways is going to be like a setup for her line in revenge of the Sith Sith, where she says, you know, what if the democracy we thought we were serving no longer exists and the Republic has become the very evil we've been fighting to destroy it. it th- this book is feeling like at least partially like a prequel to that
0: line. I, I would love that. Yeah. That's, that's where my mind goes. This idea of uh, Padme being on a secret mission to the front lines of Clone Wars to see what the war really looks like up close. It's kind of my version of what they wrote there, but you know, Padme understands. She's been in the action. We've watched the Clone Wars. She, you know, she gets it. Uh, she's not like there's a war on, uh, and that's not the intention here. I think you're right. I think it's that. I think that gives us a chance for her to really see it and feel it, and then for us to understand it even more. So E.K. Johnston can can really build out some of these moments in *Revenge of the Sith*, and I think you know it's a, it's fair to say, Joseph, *Revenge of the Sith* might need the most Padme moments built out. <laughs>
1: Yeah, no, I think so. I think uh, I think uh, as much as I love that film, I wish there were more Padme and more Padme perspective.
0: Yeah, and and this has been one of the things I think we love about this book series. Like I said, is it fair to call it a trilogy? You know, at this point, yeah. yeah. I'm just hopeful. I'm hopeful that we can go into many <laughs> eras of Padme's life uh, through the uh, eyes and mind of uh, E. K. Johnston. Absolutely, uh, let's get that for full Polo story. Oh, let's get that. Let's get her uh, getting elected, and we got we got a little bit of. I mean, I I can live in this world a lot. I just just really love it. And part of it is because uh, we talk it off often about Eka Johnson herself, just seeing Padme on screen, seeing the handmaidens on screen, and wanting to know more as a young girl, and now getting the opportunity as a writer, and, and just really, you feel it. You feel the the love, but the understanding, but also the desire to want to understand Padme even more in Eka's writing. That's why I personally. Really love these books, and and I think you're in the same ballpark. Absolutely. Totally agree. This one's coming out November 2nd. Quick uh, final story here. First look at Star Wars Visions is coming. Lucasfilm will be presenting a 30-minute panel and sneak peek of Visions at Anime Expo Late on July 3rd. Uh, the panel is actually set for, currently, 3 p.m. Pacific for those planning to watch or get involved. Uh, go to uh, the website to find out more. Um, so still not much is known about this 10-episode series out of uh, sort of what Kathleen Kennedy said on Investor Day. Uh, but uh, this, is, uh, this is exciting stuff. I, I think this could be, I think... I understand why it might be overlooked on the surface. Like we're looking for Kenobi and Acolyte and Andor. And this, uh, this is a, uh, uh, some short films of, you know, you can, you can get not excited for it fast. Unfortunately, I, I I'm finding myself really curious and excited for what this might mean, Joseph, and what this is allow us to learn about Star Wars and what it means to other people, other cultures, other creators, uh, thoughts, uh, though about this and any expectations or your anticipation level for this sneak peek panel.
1: Yeah, no, I'm, I I totally understand why we get, uh, it's, it's Kenobi. It's Ewan McGregor back on screen. Like those things are, you know, and we know Mandalorian, we've got a taste of of that, So we're excited about those things, but visions is mysterious right now. Uh, we only know a little bit about it, but I'm really, really excited about it. Talk about, uh, having different perspectives on star Wars to have uh, a culture that star Wars has been inspired by, uh, be able to really express their, uh, perspective on star Wars. I'm so excited for that, for that anime take on star Mm -hmm. Wars, The thing that I'm most curious about that I hope is going to be revealed in this panel is unless I've missed it, we still don't know if these episodes are going to be reinterpretations of moments we know, like the Great Galaxy of Adventures series, or is it going to be new stories uh, like the Forces of Destiny series? Mm. We don't yet know, to my knowledge, which it's going to be, and that's what I'm most excited to find out.
0: Absolutely. 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 I want to know that those little crunchy details and excited for this, uh, this, uh, this panel just to, as as I think the biggest thing you do with Disney plus is this type of stuff. Yes, the show's clearly dominating. We can't wait for more of those, but I still want more content that is just looking back at Star Wars and and paying homage to Star Wars, digging deeper into Star Wars. I'd love that kind of content on Disney plus. And I, I, I think this is in that category for me. So we're excited here
1: yeah absolutely can't wait to find out more about visions
0: so let's look at star wars news we're gonna take a quick break and get to your questions before we do though a force center recommends an audiobook we think you should try out on us joseph we got a good one today
1: That's right. Uh, Same as last week, and probably for the next week or so, we are recommending Light of the Jedi by Charles Soule. It is the first book in the High Republic series. Uh, The next big book continuing this main story, uh, The Rising Storm, is coming out very soon. We are reading it right now, and we are uh, both enjoying it. So if you want to get caught up on the big story of the High Republic, check out Light of the Jedi by Charles Soule.
0: Do it and download your free audiobook today at audibletrial.com slash Force Center. Again, that's audibletrial.com com slash force center for your free audio book. All right, quick break on the other side. Your questions here on force. Center. <laughs> four center friends make sure you're keeping up to date on all the great content from jennifer landa whether it's youtube instagram or tiktok you whippersnappers four center's own jennifer landa continues to bring you fun informative and insightful laughs and moments also Jennifer brings her experience and
1: perspective as a Star Wars loving mother to her DIY projects, blogs and more. So be sure to head on over to jennylanda.com that's jeniland a.com for articles like how to make your own Darth Maul sneakers or 10 unique Star Wars baby gift ideas.
0: Follow Jen on Twitter and Instagram at JenniferLanda and on TikTok as JenniferLanda1138. <laughs> Welcome back to Force Center, episode 333 of the big show, the main show, the superstar destroyer of our fleet. Joseph, it's time for some questions from our wonderful Force Center friends.
1: That's right. We got two from Twitter and two from patrons on Patreon. As always, we're going to go first to Twitter. This from comes from Katya Barga. Katia says, do you think at some point will we see Grogu in Bad Batch? One of the most important questions, I think, is... Uh, that we get to wrestle with as Star Wars fans, will we see Grogu and Bad Batch? I absolutely love this one, Ken. Uh, what are you? What is your just initial emotional knee jerk reaction? Do you think we'll see Grogu and Bad Batch?
0: Uh, unfortunately, no. <laughs> but if if they somehow were the ones that have to go back to the temple and get Grogu, I I, I know timeline wise it might be a little off, but hear me out. Uh, I I'd be I'd be great with that too. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I think uh, when I first read it, it it was like, yeah, probably not. But I I think that there is a possibility if there is a second season of Bad Batch, if the story of Bad Batch is structured to continue, if it uh, does well enough that Disney Plus uh, gives it a second season. I really think that that is there is a possibility. And this is where my mind went to. Right. Because um, there can be a discussion in Star Wars. Right of whether or not uh, if a character just shows up because they're popular. It's like, everybody loves that Grogu, so throw him in there. And yeah. then on the other side, it, well, does it make sense? And in what way would it make sense for the uh, characters, for the emotions, for the themes? And I think since Bad Batch is right now, it's, it's wrestling with clone identity, mm-hmm. but it's also really showing us the sudden and horrible changes in the galaxy with the rise of the Empire. Yeah. And one of the elements of that that we're not seeing so far is the bad batch encountering uh, directly Jedi trauma. Like we, we saw it with mm. uh, Caleb uh, Kanan at the beginning. Uh, I think uh, Ahsoka is connected to Rex and and Ray uh, from Trasa. Right. Uh, I got that wrong. Trace. You know what I'm saying? Trace, Trace and Rafa. Uh, so I think there is like a little shadow of Ahsoka. We got Caleb. But that's different than Bad Batch kind of taking a tour of the galaxy and seeing how everybody is affected by the Empire, that it would make sense for them to encounter at some point a, a surviving Jedi mm. is a part of this picture of the immediate trauma of the, the change in the galaxy. Yeah. And I, I don't think, I'm not sure if I would be interested in, it turns out Bad Batch are the one who helped Grogu at a critical moment. Maybe I'd be okay with that. I think I'd be really intrigued with they encounter a Jedi who uh has th- that that's what this Jedi did is save the younglings that that this Jedi could right, yes. and maybe we just kind of see in the background here's three uh padawans and grogu <laughs> sleeping
0: yeah, no that's actually more realistic and actually gets me excited about the idea that number one it's clearly Terra Sanube and uh, <laughs> two um not that they need to be. Not that Grogu's a baton that needs to be passed on, by the way, but just, you know, that that they're not the ones, but maybe they've either see it, like you said, and deal with that big theme that you're talking about, which I think is important. And out of that, the just simple plot device of maybe they move him on to somewhere else. I don't know how Grogu ends from rescued from the temple to sitting in a uh, bassinet <laughs> in, in, in a faraway land. Uh, there's some intriguing uh, storytelling. Uh, beneath the surface of that ice uh, iceberg tip so uh you know again i don't need it to happen i don't need to be that specific i like your idea too of, of just kind of being there and and if anyone out there has a problem with bad batch being a roll call of of names you know then this might not help that <laughs> um i think there's been great power and and and, and purposeful uh, uh, use behind all the people showing up but uh this this could be this could be uh, an important one or one that tips the uh, ship over a little bit.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, I think there has been real purpose to people showing up. And I think there is there is a way to have, it, have there be a lot of purpose in Grogu showing up. And, and like we've talked about on the Bad Batch um, report that we do, for me, it isn't a problem. Uh, but I do think there are uh, similarities between the Bad Batch and the Grogu, and the <laughs> Grogu show in <laughs> Mandalorian. Uh, Omega and Grogu's journeys are very different, but there is yeah. some similarities, so there is some interest in like if, if Omega and Grogu met. Yeah. Um, the other thing about this is the implication that I got uh, from the great uh, Jedi, the great uh, Ahsoka Tano episode of The Mandalorian is, yes, Grogu was rescued from the temple, and then a lot of bad things happened that poor Grogu doesn't want to think about. Yeah. <laughs> so we know it's not like, oh, and then Wrecker was his dad for 15 years. Yeah. And it was great. Like, yeah. that's probably not the story.
0: Yeah. Yeah. The idea of Grogu and Omega, especially a younger Grogu than we've known so far, uh, Grogu and Omega having some kind of interaction is uh, is uh, wonderfully charming, potentially.
1: Yes. Yes. Yeah. So who knows? Uh, It would be it would be great if done well, I think, but absolutely wonderful to talk about and think about. So thank you, Katya. I'm going to move on to Caitlin Moore. Uh, Caitlin says, just got a tattoo of the Millennium Falcon with never tell me the odds over the scar from where I received my chemo treatments uh, from a tattoo artist who, like me, also found hope in Star Wars during cancer. My question is, what quote or image from Star Wars would you get a tattoo of? And uh, before we launch in that question, just uh, Caitlin, thank you uh, for sharing that. That is so powerful Mm -hmm. and it's such a great example of uh, how much Star Wars can be a friend and an ally and a source of inspiration in the real world and in really important moments of our lives. So thank you for sharing that story of of hope uh yeah. ken what are your thoughts on this story and uh, the question about the tattoos
0: uh yeah first of all, yeah i echo what joseph says it reminds me of a friend of the show zachary bassinger who uh, we had on uh, spotlight stars who who is still battling but uh battling uh, cancer well but as different points in his life has, has been uh, real down and out and he, he he told me he's like you know the image of wedge flying into the death star to to take it down is something that literally inspired me as um getting chemo treatments like and, and that's, that's as a you know a functional adult there you go star wars means anything are you you can take that anywhere so i love that i love that caitlin great stuff as far as this never tell me the odds hangs on my uh, studio door here definitely <laughs> uh, one of my favorite quotes and favorite Han moments um i don't have tattoos um i haven't seen any sleeves you have joseph um, um <laughs> i don't know but um so this is always a weird question. I, I, I've thought about it a lot. Like if I was to get a tattoo, Grace wants me to get, she wants me to have some sleeves actually. Um, oh, really? Yeah. she She's really, really upset. That she, that, Come on, come on. Uh, so we've talked about it. Um, I've So I've thought about this in, in a, just a simple base level Star Wars way. What would I be? And it's like, what? Would I get a back tattoo of a Y-Wing? Like, I don't know what to do here. <laughs> uh, quotes are great. Uh, I can't fit... Um, that great uh, Obi-Wan quote to Maul in the desert of, you know, uh, all the things he says to Maul and the, and the twins. I can't fit dialogue. Maybe I just get a final draft document. Uh, yeah, them. I mean, you can. You could do it in Aura batch. A good go. tattoo artist can make it fit. There you go. Um, so I'm trying to look. And then one and this I, I got to be careful. We got some embargo stuff to do with. But um, Rising Storm on the back of the book has a great, great quote that just says for light and life. And I'm like, that one, I hadn't even cracked open the book yet. And it resonated with me. Yeah. So, so there you go. I'm going to get that uh, across my face. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I have had a long
1: journey with tattoos. Uh a tattoo is something that I've always wanted. It's always been a life experience I've wanted. And then I always get particular about it. So, like, I can't remember, like, the like. Uh, I wanted to get one when I was 18 and it, and it didn't work for many different life reasons. Yeah. And then I was kind of like waiting for the right time. And I was like, well, maybe when I'm this age, Oh, that age passed. Well, for sure. When I'm this age, that'll pass. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I, like I, I have a, um, in, email that i left in my drafts folder asking a specific friend because i liked uh, his tattoo about who the artist was and that, that sat in the drafts folder for a year and then i finally sent it to him and then i was about to do it and then uh, something else came up so uh, for me it's something that i've wrestled with for a long time one of the things i've wrestled with is exactly where to put the image and how to orient it yeah um and i think part of it this for me comes from uh that uh, i i'm a visual artist i'm a designer and uh uh The idea that there's an image on me and I can't fuss with it. I can't just tweak the angle of it a little bit. (laughs) So this is just definitely some deep psychology of the, the parts of me that are loose and flowing and organic and artistic and the parts of me that are uh, rigid. Um, But I think over the years I was like, yeah, no, I'm going to get the, the rebel starbird rebel insignia. I think now uh, there's a good possibility that someday in my life I will get the Jedi symbol. Mm. Uh, Yeah. Just the idea of what the the Jedi mean of they aren't perfect. They don't claim to be perfect. What makes them amazing is that they strive to be the best version of themselves. And, you know, uh, I've said before on the podcast, uh, I've had some difficult moments uh, in the last couple of years where have really been helped by, you know, the spirit of uh, for light and life of just. Taking a deep breath and remembering to be in the moment, remembering to you can choose to be angry about this or you can choose to take a deep breath and try to see it from uh, another perspective. And even if it's something that you have a right to be upset about, is it going to do you any good to be angry in the moment? Or should you take a deep breath and then be, uh, you know, act with purpose and be proactive and do something that's truly going to make a difference instead of just raging about something? Um, and all those ideas, as well as just like the fun and the fantasy uh, that the Jedi symbol has—that you know, that kind of lightsaber-like image—that connects to my whole long journey from being a little kid and wanting a lightsaber like Luke Skywalker. I think looking down and, and seeing that would make me really happy.
0: Uh, yeah, I'm with you on on a lot of those. Trying to figure out what and something so permanent scares me. <laughs> Even I, I can change things and everything, but but I, but I hear uh, Caitlin's story like that's so powerful to me. And it's powerful for me, not just as a Star Wars fan, just as a human being to, 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 to fight that and, and to overcome odds and and never, Hey, don't tell me the, that just means so much. I sometimes look at my life, which has been re- relatively blessed all the way through. And, and, and I understand that I sometimes like, I, you know, I almost feel I have to earn it. And I think I've had probably have some moments, but, um, you know, and I joke about where to put it and everything, but like, yeah, it, it, a lot of thought into it. So, uh, I'm moved by that story and, and right there with you, Joseph on, uh, what what feels right and where <laughs> yeah
1: yeah I think I'd probably get the symbol I think the thing that I've thought about is getting it on uh on my arm so I see it like when I was young I was just like I want it on my shoulder and like now I'd be like I would see that and my wife would see that yeah and there's a part of me like if I have a to- tattoo it's something that I-, I want to be able to see all the time but I also want to like have it be a part of like I'm I'm expressing myself to the world as well yeah so uh so that that's my thoughts there and then for quotes I don't think I would do a quote, but if I were going to do a quote, I might do luminous beans, are we, mm-hmm. which would be a reminder to me to not get uptight about the placement of the tattoo. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and uh, your focus determines your reality is not a bad one. Yeah, uh, But I, I might also just want some Obi-Wan. So uh, I would consider you've taken your first step into a larger world. Ooh, that's, that's you know, that's just kind of a practical, straightforward line that Obi-Wan has in yeah to luke and a new hope but you know it's got a lot of power about like there's always more to discover and you just got to begin your journey
0: Mm, that's good too
1: all right check
0: in next week when joseph and i both have tattoos
1: (laughs) we'll get them live on air it'll be great uh thank you so much uh caitlin for the great story and the question we're going to move on to our questions uh from patrons on patreon this one comes from tim Langell. tim says a crossover quandary As we have examples of martial arts being practiced in the Star Wars universe, who stars in the Holonet version of Cobra Kai? Ooh, (laughs) this is a great one. Absolutely good fun here. Uh, I have uh, had many friends tell me all about Cobra Kai and how much they love it. I yeah. myself have not personally seen it, so yeah. I'm working at a disadvantage here. Ken, what is your thought? Have you seen Cobra Kai? Who's the Star Wars person in the, I, in the show?
0: I am, a, so I am not a, a big Karate Kid uh, a fan. I've seen it a couple times. I actually worked not, down the street from the apartment where they shot at in the first Karate Kid, which I'm sure has made an appearance in the show. So I, I understand people love the show. Not that's not a comment on it. I just, yeah. I'm not it's um, it's not something I'm super interested in, but I'm very aware of it. So did you take this question as in the Star Wars universe, this is a TV show in Star Wars?
1: Yeah, yeah. So like in the Star Wars universe, they've got their hollows. Uh in and, and somebody is starring in the uh the Star Wars version of a Cobra Kai show
0: on, on the old holonet. Net. Uh, who, who's the Star Wars character who's starring? <laughs> see, I think see, I took a realistic version too, but also in the It might need to be Maul at one point. I mean, I think Cobra Kai, from what I understand, is a lot of like, uh, you know, was that William Zabka's character? You know, just like, I was the villain, but hear me out uh, type of take. I know I'm being very general with that. I totally know that. And so I think Maul could be like, uh, you know, not. And again, I'm not agreeing with Maul's takes or actions all the way through his life. Definitely not. He's
1: made some poor choices, some some cruel choices.
0: But he's kind of got that vibe of like, yeah, yeah, well, let me tell you what it was like. Here's my story. Yeah, in the way he just kind of was like,
1: yeah, yeah no, I'm evil, but I'm also like, I'm, and I'm I'm gonna you know twist you, Ezra, and make you do evil things, but also you know it, it'd be great to have somebody to chat with.
0: <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That's a yeah, the Ezra, yeah,
1: spin. Yeah, uh, I don't think she's uh, anxious to star in, in any Holonet shows, but Ahsoka came to mind. I yeah. think again, probably because we're spending a lot of time with those early episodes of Clone Wars that is really demonstrating uh, that that she has this a uh, different sort of athletic skill and in, in style of movement. Mm-hmm. Um. Kira came to mind. Yeah, uh, she's know. that master of Terrace That would be great. Uh, but I think my real answer, if we're, if we're being really realistic about inside the Star Wars universe, there is a HoloNet show. Mm. I think uh, it's got to be Lulilo uh, Primok in his days where he wore an exoscoot to star in HoloNets.
0: <laughs> yes, absolutely. That's <laughs> perfect.
1: Her. A strange, strange, uh, great detail from the Solo Visual Dictionary. Yeah, he's a star of old, including uh, wearing a suit to appear in uh, Hollow Net movies and television shows.
0: I love that small world pictures. I, I, I went a little bit of a realistic version. Like if Star Wars to, was to do like kind of a martial arts based show and a Cobra Kai, like if they were to Disney plus it up. I So uh, I think, but I think it can combine into what the the question is from Tim. Uh, number one, if Donnie N isn't involved in the show, we've done something wrong. Like just somehow.
1: Um, <laughs> yeah. Right? Oh Lord. Of course.
0: Yeah. But I think uh, the answer is kind of the answer to me. Like uh, I try to sometimes be maybe cute or think around what I think might be the obvious answer. I think Conju Club and, and you have mm-hmm. the guys from the raid who are, are heralded for a lot of their skills and and not just martial arts, but stunts. Uh, and then, if you have a sitcom, you could call the sitcom. Tell that to Conja Club.
1: <laughs> tell it to Conja Club. Yeah.
0: and and that could be a thirty minute. Hasu
1: Leech bounds down the stairs. To big applause every episode.
0: <laughs> every time, and I think uh, you know, uh, you know, the shit was a cork and shan, you know, in there as well. Uh, I think so. Yes. I- I'll submit that as, as an answer both inside and outside the Star Wars story.
1: Oh, that is great. Some great answers. And clearly uh, we need to make some time for Cobra Kai Center so we can answer this question again and better. Thank you, Tim. That's a very, very fun question. We got another fun question here is our final question, Ken, from Anthony King. Anthony says, Hello, Force Center. Star Wars and Lucasfilm have been tremendous at utilizing different mediums to tell different stories within the galaxy far, far away one of the mediums that has not been not been used yet is the concept album is there a real world artist or music group could be deceased too that you would want to write and develop this unique story do you have any thoughts about what the record could be about for me i would like to see the band rush tackle the origins of the force uh, neil pert's excellent drumming and lyrical styling would be a fun addition to the universe that is great Mm. really great question and a really great mix of a band and a star Wars story to be told. How did the force begin? (laughs) Let Neil Peart's (laughs) drum set tell you. (laughs) That's awesome. Uh, Ken, where do you go with this?
0: Uh, I love this one. You know, you know, sneak, sneak a music question in. I'm going to have some thoughts. I, I ended up that concept albums are great and there's different levels of it, obviously. Right. And, and even like, um, uh, one of my favorite bands, Minnesota Zone Semisonic, uh, their first big major label release. It's not quite a concept album, but it it tells the story of of a relationship running the course of the album. There's a lot of that kind of stuff. I'm a big, big fan of Liz Fair, Exile and Godville was this kind of concept album, song by song response to Mick Jagger and Exile on Main Street, and just uh, a response to um male-dominated music industries. I can go that route, but I'm going to one of my other favorite bands. They're no longer active, um, but from mid-2000s for about 10 years, No and the Whale, which was a UK-based band, and a lot of people behind it, but Charlie Fink was uh, kind of the the vocals, lead guitarists, and and main creative force behind it, and they have a great... Their second album, First Days of Spring, back in 2009, is a a big concept album, and he he actually wrote and directed a film that follows the length of the album. Mm. And so... I want to take that energy, um, the joy, heartbreak, uh, the trials of love uh, and, and all those kind of things. And it, and it goes deep. It's not just all they're they were kind of known for the five years time song, which was which was kind of a whistly, happy song with some dark undertones about romance or the potential of, of romance to go either way. Take all that energy, Joseph, and put it to the High Republic and tell the story of and, and it's not done yet, but of Avar, Chris and Elzar man. Oh wow Had a one love story that could not be That still goes on in some way Uh, I would love that album Oh, yeah. Yeah. W- what would it be called? It's OK because we're Padawans. <laughs> uh,
1: the last days of the Pada- of last days of Padawan love. I don't know. Yeah.
0: Something like that. <laughs> uh,
1: yeah. Two Padawans, one summer. Yeah, that's <laughs> oh, man. That sounds great. Uh, I came up with a couple different ones. Uh, I know Anthony uh, was asking about kind of news stories, but uh, I started with one of my my favorite bands uh, from my youth, uh, Guns N' Roses. And this is partially because, you know, they got back together, they're doing tours, it's great. Uh talk about uh finding a way to move forward, uh, past old conflicts. <laughs> Good job, <laughs> Axel and Slash. Uh, but I want them to make a new album. And I want yeah. them to make them I want them to make an album called The Rise, the Fall and The Rise. And it is a, a Guns N' Roses musical version of the story of Anakin Skywalker. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Um then, uh, two others, or uh, I'm not gonna lie, three others. Okay, uh, I'm also a big fan of Lady Gaga. I really like uh, that, uh, just the, the amount of uh, experimentation and variety in her music. Yeah. Um, and I think it would be great to hear a story uh, from her about uh, an alien singer who uh, mm. whose life gets ruined by the First Order and becomes a part of the Resistance. Mm. So Sort of like a a Rose Tico story, but starting from that place of like, I had this whole different life that was about art and experimentation and and discovery. And I'm, you know, who knows what, maybe it's a Chadra fan, something just like really fun, Mm. like an alien singer. And then that world of beauty gets shattered by the horror of the first order And this alien decides that they need to use all their power and creativity to help the resistance.
0: Okay. I'm I have an IMDB pro account. I'm trying to look up lady Gaga's management information. How do we, how do we get to pitch this to her now and get it to Lucasville? I love that idea.
1: Yeah. That's probably, that's probably my most sincere, like maybe that could happen. Like uh, <laughs> uh, her last album was, was a bit of a, a concept album. Um, yeah. And uh, other two for me, uh, one is a big fan of uh, Frank Sinatra. Sinatra uh, has had a very interesting life where he knew uh, real, real failure and pain and heartbreak. He was picked on a lot as a a kid. Uh, So he had these, uh, these twin pillars in his life of kind of really feeling like an underdog and uh nobody and then also being one of the most successful humans who ever walked the earth (laughs) so he he, a lot of his especially some of his later work is really kind of telling that story of uh of becoming something um and being doubted so so a sinatra concept album of a a young nobody in any era who becomes a jedi and somebody that nobody thinks is going to be anything special but then uh becomes something special that would be great Mm. uh and then my final one, because this is a band I liked a, a lot in uh, my youth, but have uh, sort of lost connection with. And then I heard one of their songs in, uh, in a deli, and it was great to just go like, oh, yeah, I should yeah. listen to that sometime. Uh, it is Pink Floyd uh, with their great big concept album, The Dark Side of Mortis. I think that would be great.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's a great answer. <laughs> it makes me think. Radiohead, Radiohead as well, a lot of those kind of big uh... – the kind of artsy rock bands, yeah, that's great stuff. I, I, the the Gaga one is wonderful. I, I yeah, I'm with you too. Like, I, I, don't be me, folks. I'm an old rock and roll radio DJ. When Gaga first started showing up, and I was just like, "What the hell is this crap? These kids these days." And then I remember watching her on SNL and just going, "I've made a huge mistake, and the problem is me." <laughs> um, so I uh, really absolutely embrace her her talent, and, and uh, that that's a that's just an intriguing idea. This is a great question, Anthony. Oh yeah.
1: Yeah. So, uh, yeah, hopefully, uh, hopefully all, all of my other ones are probably not going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> what with, uh, with Frank Sinatra, uh, sadly being uh, yeah, well, one with the force, uh, yeah. probably not going to happen. Uh, Pink Floyd, uh, also some issues there, Guns N' Roses, yeah. some issues there as well, but I mean, Gaga, yeah, this can happen. Uh, I'm going to put that out there in the force and, and yeah. hope it happens.
0: Uh, great, uh, answers, Ken. Uh, any other thoughts on this one? Uh, no, I, I have to almost stop myself, uh, and, and, and it seems like you're in the same boat. We, we can answer these all <laughs> day. Uh, love music, love talking music, and uh, when you can combine it with Star Wars, that is a that is a great thing.
1: Yeah, yeah. So thank you for all these great uh, questions that got us to dig deep and think about Star Wars, but also just have a, a, a sense of fun and play as well. Thank you, Anthony. Thank you, Tim. Thank you, Caitlin, and Katia. Those are questions, Ken.
0: Those are our questions. Indeed, if you want to reach out and find us and follow us, you can do so on Twitter at four Center Pod. We're on Instagram and YouTube as well. Facebook page is Four Center Podcast. We're, av- we're available on Anchor, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Amazon Music, and Spotify. Merch is available at tpublic.com slash user slash Force Center. And you can support us directly at patreon.com slash Center. Don't forget. If you support at the top tier, you get a set of trading cards uh, for Center uh, trading cards. Me, Joseph Jennifer, designed by the great Brian Ward. Renan Mar Marr has some on the way. Michael Zook uh, has some on the way as well. Uh, also, you can follow me at Katnapsok or Go to my website, CatNapsock.com. We always like to hi- highlight charities are things to uh, put our uh, real-world attention behind. Still highlighting the Trevor Project through June here. Uh, You can join the fight to defend LGBTQ youth by going to thetrevorproject.org. This will provide provide a lot of support, uh, a lot that they do uh, for that community. And uh, we're here with Pride Month, but Pride should not end after a brief 30-day period here uh, (laughs) at a force center. So they do important work that carries on throughout the year. Joseph.
1: Yeah, you can find me uh, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, at Joseph Scrimshaw. That's one of my kind of ongoing Star Wars adventures. I'm having fun uh, sharing some of my action figures on TikTok. Uh, Some non-Star Wars, but mostly Star Wars. So if you're interested in that, you can find me on TikTok, at Joseph Scrimshaw. You can check out my website, josephscrimshaw.com, for all the other stuff I do and uh, will be doing in the future. Uh, For the thing that I'd like to highlight this week is an organization called Vote Forward, It is an organization that uh, has people write letters to encourage other people to use their power to vote. Uh, they got a new campaign coming very soon. So if you're interested in that, you can check it out
0: on their website, votefwd.org. That is a great one, indeed. We thank you all for listening to Force Center. This uh, is not—it's uh, not at all possible without you uh, listening, supporting, and joining us on our adventures celebrating Star Wars. That's it for this week. We'll see you soon, you Boss Nass fans here on Force Center.